We want to thank you today for joining us at Truth Chapel's podcast. I pray this word would bring you life. I pray that it would edify you, encourage you, and enlighten you. If you have a moment, please subscribe and leave us a review. We will be so grateful. God bless, and let this word speak to your heart today. If you have your Bible, turn me to the book of Genesis, chapter 32. As you're turning, I like to dismiss our classes ages 3 to 5. If you have a child ages 3 to 5 years old, they're going to have a class today. And they can be dismissed at godly side doors, front, the top of the bottom here, doesn't matter. They're going to have a great lesson, a great time together in their classes. Amen. We, all of our other children are on the, on the, in the other building. They've been having service all day today. They've been having a great time. We've been having a great time in here. The church said amen. Um, it, as a preacher of the gospel, as a student of the word, there are, there are moments when you're reading the Bible and you see something and you stop and you say, that, that's, that's probably important. I should, I should check that out. That happened to me this week. I was reading this week in the book of Genesis several chapters in the book of Genesis uh, that I read this week and I honestly wasn't really looking for a message to be truthful with you I just kind of on the cruise and just reading my Bible um, and uh, I ran across a verse uh, a story more than just a verse but a story that I've read so many times and there's so many nuances in this story so many things to preach from it but as I read over just a, just a portion, I thought, man, that's, that's interesting. And I said, you know what? I wonder what this means. And I, I did some just a quick research, and the Lord showed me something, and I thought, this is the word for the church right now. And I, I thank God that he speaks to me this way. I'll tell you this. If you have a steady diet of God's word and you just read the Bible, you ain't, you ain't got to be special. You ain't got to. But as you read the word, if you'll ask the Lord to show you, Lord, show me. Just show me stuff I, I want to see. The Lord will help you. But you should pray before you read. Praying is you talking. Reading is him talking. So the Lord, the Lord has never spoke to me. But say, well, when you read the Bible, the Lord's speaking to you. you. Say, well, he never spoke to me out loud. Well, then read your Bible out loud. Because this is God's word. This is his word. He's speaking through it all the time. Genesis chapter 32, beginning in verse 22. It'll be familiar to most of you, but follow along with me today. Genesis chapter 32, beginning in verse 22. And he rose up that night and took his two wives, his two women servants, his 11 sons and passed over the ford Jabok. I thought it was, I thought it was Jabuk, <laughs> uh, but it's not. Um, passed over the ford of Jabok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, 
let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. He said unto him, what is thy name? He said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince, thou hast power with God and with man and hast prevailed. And Jacob said, tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Amen. Whew. This morning I want to preach to you on this subject, the emptying, the emptying. Can you pray with me today? Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for revelation that you will bring to us today. I will thank you for your spirit that is in this house now. And Lord, I pray that this word will do the work that I feel in the Holy Ghost it was sent to do. And Lord, I pray today that this will be the first day of this, the rest of somebody's life. And I pray that it would be a breaking in this house. I pray that the angel would touch some thighs in this room today that will never be the same. I pray it in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands? Would you shout in Jesus' name? You can be seated. Be seated in the house today. Thank you for standing with us in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Again, I, uh, the story of Jacob is uh, a highly talked about story. It is uh, significant to the scripture. Uh, it is a beautiful story that starts bad, ends great. And in between, there's a lot of ups and downs, a lot of roads to be walked. Uh, this story of the wrestling with the angel has been told so many times, preached so many times. There's books uh, written about it, movies made about it. This is a highly trafficked subject today that I bring to you. I don't uh, in no way, form, or fashion believe that I'm bringing to you uh, something brand new. But what I am telling you today is that the Lord has shown me something brand new that I never saw before. And I want to share it with you today because I believe that the word that I have to speak to you today is life-changing. Just in the short time that I have had this word in my heart, it's, it's helped me. Um, I couldn't sleep last night. I, I was finally home, finally in my own bed. Thank God for the cruise ship, but that bed is hard as a rock. And I was in my own bed with my own pillows. Something about your own pillow. Ain't God good. And uh, I, I was very comfortable, fell asleep well, but about 5 a.m. I woke up, couldn't sleep anymore. Finally, 5.30, I said, I got to go. I was at the church very early this morning, spending a little time with the Lord alone because this word is just bouncing around in my spirit. You see, Jacob, Jacob has a tough story. He was born to be a leader, but he was never told that. God would speak to his father and tell his father, you're going to have two sons. And the lesser one will rule the older one. And the older one will serve the lesser one. Before Jacob was even born, there was a call of God on his life. 
the circumstances that he was born under as being the second in a set of twins, Jacob and Esau. Esau, a man of the field, the Bible tells us he was very hairy. I guess if you, manliness is hairiness. I don't, I'm not sure. Some of y'all are very manly. And, and the, the Bible tells us that Esau was strong and Esau was mighty. But the Bible also tells us that Jacob you know, hung around the house, stayed in the shadow of his mother. He was not considered to be a manly man. He did not hunt. He, he did not work in the field. He had no manly skills. Here's the only skill that we know for sure Jacob had. The man could cook. You hang around your mama a whole lot and you learn how to cook. This man one time in the Bible made a pot of beans so good. Now, I like beans. I know Pastor John's here today. He don't like beans. He's not a bean guy. But I like beans. Uh, but I ain't ever had a pot of beans that would make me sell out my soul. I've, had, I've ate some beans that made me feel like they took my soul. <laughs> Glory to God. The magical fruit. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I ain't never had a bowl of beans that's like, you know what? I'll give you everything I have for this bowl of beans. But Jacob was in there like trying to beat Bobby Flay, I guess. And made these beans so good, Esau was like, listen, man, I'll give you my birthright for these beans. And Jacob obliged him, took his birthright, just a conversation, no, no script past hands, no, no signature on the paper, no, no, you know, no formal deal. But God saw it and God honored it. So you got to be very careful just because you didn't sign no paper didn't mean God didn't see it. Because there was no signature. Because, but sometimes you make deals in your spirit that God counts. Amen. And Jacob's story just gets more and more just deeper. It just, it just, it kind of, it kind of escalates super fast. It, it pops off. He, he, he. His mother comes to him quickly. She said, listen, your dad, is, is, is he's at that point, and he's about to do this thing, and you're the one. God told me you're the one, and so, and so we got we to gotta fix this. And so she usurps her position, and, and she, she, she makes a pot of stew for, for the, the, the father. This is, this is how Jacob is just following in his, mother footsteps, his mother's footsteps because Jacob has made a bowl of beans to trick his brother, and now... His mother has made a bowl of beans to trick his dad. You see, parents, you got to be careful what you're teaching your kids. Amen. And, 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 and she, she makes a pot of stew and she, and she puts on some, some hair uh, from, from, from the lambs on, on his arms uh, to, to sell the deal a little bit better. She is conniving, manipulating. And, and as... As Esau is out looking for a kill to bring his father, Jacob brings in the imposter plate 
and stands in the gap, his father says, uh, man, this is some good stew. I want to bless you and give you the birthright. But the problem is you sound like Jacob. And as he reaches out, because his eyes are dim and he can't see very well, he touches and he says, but you feel like Esau. And he was fooled by what he felt. Well, we got to be very careful in church that we don't get fooled by what we feel. We, we, we got to hear for the truth of the word. What did they say? Normally the sound is truer than the feel. And he felt Jacob and Jacob takes his brother's birthright. He's a liar, a cheater, a supplanter. This is what his name means. He's living up to his name. He carries this with him and he must flee because the Bible says that when Esau found out what he had done, Esau is like, I'm going to kill him. Rightfully so. I mean, why would you do your brother like this? This is messed up. And Esau is looking for him to take his head off. He's willing to kill him. And so Jacob runs. He runs and he runs to uh, a near kinsman, Laban. And when he gets to Laban's house, Laban says, hey, man, come on in. You know, I'll, I'll take you and I'll hide you here. And so as he gets to Laban's house, he realizes Laban has a daughter. Her name's Rachel. Is she fine? Like real fine. Let me tell you how fine she is. He says, listen, I would love to marry your daughter, Rachel. He said, I'll let you marry her if you work seven years for me. He was like, bet. That's how fine she was. Seven years of hard labor. That's fine. So beautiful. He was in love, smitten, stricken. Nothing he wouldn't have done. He worked seven years for Laban. And on the wedding night, Laban pulled a switcheroo. He bamboozled him. And when he got up in the morning, the woman that he slept with that night turned out not to be Rachel, but her ugly sister, Leah. I don't know how much this man had to drink at the wedding. But brothers and sisters, I'm not trying to talk about Leah. The Bible says she was ugly. That's, that's Bible. I'm not, I'm not trying to bust on Leah by no means. And if you're in here today and your name is Leah, we're not talking about you, girl. You fine. You beautiful. But this Leah in the Bible, she was busted. She was a two pushing a three, maybe. Maybe. Super sus, she was not the one. Jacob is, Jacob is confounded. He's flabbergasted. He's like, why would you do me like this? This is messed up. Now, this is legitimately my wife because you did me wrong. Laban's like, look, man, look, I just, look, bro. <laughs> look, I, I got you, bro, but listen, check it out. I knew, I knew, bro, I was never going to get this girl married. I knew, man, and so I'm sorry it had to happen this way, but I got you. Jacob says, okay, well, now, okay, but now let me have Rachel. He goes, I'll give you Rachel. Seven more years. This girl was fine. Not, not seven, then I said 14 years now. But what, what, what this man, Laban, didn't know that the whole time he was bamboozling Jacob. Jacob is the bamboozler of the Bible. He's bamboozling Laban. And him and Laban work out this deal. Laban's like, you know, I maybe have one lamb a year that's born with spots on them. You know, all of them are white. But every once in a while, there'll be one born with like a little bit of brown or, or, or black in its wool. And so 
yeah, everyone that's born with the, with the black in this wool or with some spots on it, you, th those can be yours. But Jacob's got a plan. And when he lets the, the lambs mate together, he makes them do it in front of a, a little stick figure that he's built. And if they do it in front of that, then the child that is born to the lamb has come out spotted. And at, at 14 years later, there are more spotted lambs than there are white lambs. Because you can't hustle a hustler. <laughs> Jacob is a hustler, y'all. He's like, I, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. 14 years later, now he's got Leah, finally gets Rachel. Rachel's 14 years older than what she was when he started, but he still wants her. She's fine. And in these seven years, Leah can't help but have babies. The Bible said the Lord saw how Jacob hated her, and because Jacob hated her, he opened up her womb. Got to be careful what you hate. The Lord will let her reproduce. talk back to the preacher on Sunday morning. Be careful what you hate. The Lord will open his womb. And now Laban says, I think it's time for you to go. You think? You thought you was getting me. I was getting you. I got both your daughters and now I got more lambs than you got and I'm out. And he leaves. He leaves wealthy. He has two wives, two women servants, 11 sons. All from Leah. Because what he loved, the Lord shut her womb. The Bible says the Lord did it. What he hated, God opened. And what he loved, God closed. Why, God? Why would you play me like this? Why would you do this to me? Jacob's story is awful. The woman that he hates, he can't stay away from. She's producing babies like crazy. The woman that he loves produces him nothing. He's got Laban hating him. He's got his own brother looking for him to kill him. And he's in a mess. But God said, I'm going to use you. God said, I am going to make your seed as the stars in the sky, Jacob. It was Abraham first, and then it was Isaac, and now it's going to be you, Jacob. I chose you. I knew that you would be a fool. I knew that you would mess up. I know that you would ruin everything, but it's you. You're the one I chose. Ain't that a tough spot to be in? Knowing all your mess, but still knowing that God has something on you? Listen, I'm talking to somebody today. You're living in a horrible story, but you know God's got something on you. That's why you're here today. Most people would have wrapped up, tied up, and left a long time ago. But you came to church today. You know why? Because you know you're carrying all this mess with you, but God's got something on you. When you sleep, you dream. When you pray, you get answers. Oh, come on, somebody. You, you can't walk away from it because God has something attached to you that no part of your story can detach from you. And Esau's catching up. Yeah, when we find him in Genesis 32, Esau's catching up. He sent people to Esau. 
He said, go find my brother. I want to make things right. I want to make it right with Esau. I, you know, I'll, I'll give him gifts. I'll, I'll, give him a, 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 I'll give him a stack of lambs. I'll give him a stack of oxen. I'll, I'll, I'll give him turtle doves. I'll give him gold and silver. I want to make this right. I don't want to be looking over my shoulder for the rest of my life. And when they go to get Esau, they turn around, come back, say, hey, we saw Esau. He's on his way. He's got 400 men. That sounds aggressive to me. One, one guy said, uh, what's beef? And he said, here's what's beef. He said, beef is when I roll no less than 30 deep. Now, some of y'all who ain't saved, you know what I'm talking about. But y'all saved folk. Y'all don't know about Brother Smalls. Um, When, when you see somebody rolling with 400 men, they're not coming to play Monopoly. You're coming to do some damage. And when they come to Jacob, they say, Jacob, Esau's on his way. He's got 400 men. His heart drops. He says, listen, here, we're going to stage this. We're going to split up into groups. And if he finds you, we can, we can escape. And if he finds us, y'all can escape. And I want you to have it stacked up. I want you to have people in a row. If you read this scripture between 31 and 32, you'll see the way that Jacob has this going. He's stacking the people up in line. He said, if he reaches you, you tell him, so look, we got these goats. And if he kills y'all, he's going to go to the next one. Hey, look, we got these. Right, these are for you. I, I got to find a way to appease this man because he's going to kill me. And Jacob is running for his life because his past is catching up. Oh, hear me today. His story is catching up with him. The recompense of every mistake he's made is nipping at his heels. I'm going to preach today. I don't care. Y'all can leave now if you want to. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. Everything that he's done to this point is catching up with him. And he reaches a place where there is a brook. This brook is called Yavok. That's how you say it in the native tongue. When he gets to this, this brook, he decides, I need to send everything over. And he sends over his two wives, his two women servants, his 11 sons. The Bible will say that he sends over all that he has. And watch it right here. The Bible says that Jacob was alone. Genesis 32 and verse 24, and Jacob was left alone. Here's what I saw in the scripture. When I was reading this the other day, I saw that Jacob sent away everybody. Jacob sent away his whole family. He sent away his two wives, his two women servants, his 11 sons, and he took them and he sent them over the brook and sent over all that he had. He sent over everything, and now Jacob is alone. When I saw this, I thought, wow, Jacob had to send everything away so he could be by himself. He wanted to meet his brother alone. He did not want to put everybody else in harm's way, so he sent everybody away. And when he got alone, he didn't meet his brother. He met God. When I saw this, I thought, man, I wonder what your boat means. This is, this, this is, exact, this is exactly how it happened. I said, I wonder what this word, your boat, means. I wonder what is the significance of this ford, this, this brook that he sent over. And so when I looked up the word, your boat, it means the emptying. It means that in this moment, Jacob 
emptied himself of his entire story. He sent away the wife that he hated. He sent away the wife that he loved. He sent away the 11 sons that were born to him from what he hated. He sends away his servants. He sends away all that he has, every spotted lamb that reminds him of the hustle that he pulled against Laban. He sent it all away. He emptied himself out. He sent it across the brook. And when he thought he was going to meet his brother, he met God. When he got alone, God met him. He thought, I'm going to meet my brother by myself. But what he got was he met God by himself. Because when you empty out, God shows up. That's why this brook, Yabok, is so important. That's why the significance of this moment, when I read the scripture and when I looked it up, the Lord spoke to me in that moment. It, I saw it as clearly as I possibly could. I saw all of Jacob's story being sent away. I cannot bring this story with me. I cannot bring all that I hate. I cannot bring all that I love. I cannot bring all that I've stolen. I have to be completely alone. And when he got alone, he thought, I'm going to meet my brother face to face. But instead, he met God face to face. Because when you empty out, God shows up. God cannot meet you and your stuff. Hear me today. God is not going to meet you and your story. He's just going to meet you. He ain't going to meet you and all of your complaints. He's just going to meet you. He's not meeting you and all of your excuses. He's just going to meet you. But many of us will not lay it down long enough to meet God. We want God to meet us. And when God meets us, we want to tell him all of our stuff. We, we want to have every excuse. We want to say, Lord, my mama and my daddy. Lord, my ugly wife. Lord, my busted husband. Lord, my past. Lord, all of this stuff they did. Lord, all of the stuff I did. All of my shame. All of my guilt. We always want to meet God with everything we have. But God said, I need you to be empty if you really want to see me. You see, when you got everybody with you, you can hide behind everything else. Many of us still hiding behind stuff that happened to us when we was kids. And we keep carrying it with us. And God would love to have a conversation with us. But he can't because he's not going to talk to us in front of that. Oh, somebody's going to see it here in a minute. Because many of us are still carrying things from years and years and years ago. Maybe you're carrying something from as little as six months ago. But until you are empty, God will not speak. Nah. You see, we want God to meet us on our own terms. We want God to meet us with all of our stuff. We want to come to God and bring all of our excuses to God. But God needs us alone. God needs us empty. The Lord said, I will only wrestle with you 
when you're empty. Empty out. Get rid of everything, and then I'll wrestle with you. I called you. I love you. I'm going to use you, but I will not wrestle with you when you got all this stuff. Here's the deal. Me and you, we feel secure in the fact that God loves us. We feel secure in the fact that God called us. We feel secure that God has not left us. But you'll never walk different if you don't wrestle with him. Yeah. The reason you can't change is because you won't wrestle with him. You'll always be Jacob. You'll never be Israel until you wrestle with God. Listen, if you read this Bible, you'll see that Jacob has already talked to God. Jacob has already laid his head on the rock and the heavens have opened up and he saw angels ascending and descending. Jacob has already had his experience with God, but he has never wrestled him. He's already felt God. He's already seen God. He's already ex experienced all of this stuff, but he hasn't fought God. Oh, I'm, 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 a, I'm preaching today. I don't care if you're not shouting, I'm preaching. Because me and you want to come to church and we want to feel it. We want to see it. We want to enjoy it. Man, good church today. Amen, brother. My God, preacher was preaching today. But you don't want to fight. No, you don't. You don't want to fight. You don't want to wrestle. You don't want to wrestle. You want to play patty cake. You want to pretend. Pretend you got something. Ugh. Pretend you got touched. Come up here crying and weeping, pretending. You're not ready to change. You're not, you don't want to wrestle. You don't want to fight. No, all you want is miracles, signs, and wonders, but you don't want to fight. This is why Jesus said, be careful of the generation that all they seek is miracles, signs, and wonders. All they want to see is me do stuff, but they don't ever want to fight with me. You want to wrestle with me? You, if you wrestle with me, I'll change you. If you, would, if you wrestle with me, you'll never walk the same. If you wrestle with me, I'll change your name. If you, if you wrestle with me, I'll make you love what you hate and hate what you love. If you wrestle with me, I will rock your world and you'll never walk the same, never talk the same, never look the same. If you'll wrestle with me, everybody who ever knew you can tell you've been with me. Hey, bro, why are you walking like that? Man, I, I wrestle with God. Oh, wait, wait, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I know you're a Christian. <laughs> yeah, I used to be a Christian. But now I'm Israel. Oh, I knew you was a church boy. Oh, I, yeah, I, you know what? I went to church for 20 years, but I ain't never wrestled God. I knew you were saved. You, you know what? You're right. I was saved. Holy Ghost filled, water baptized, all of those things. But I never fought him. But when I got empty, he wanted to wrestle. When I finally emptied myself out, when I finally let it all go, I got to zoom in close. When I, when I finally started getting it out of me, when I finally stopped making excuses 
for how I live and how I act. And you don't know my story. And, and you don't know how, how Laban did me. And, and you don't know how my brothers betrayed me. And you don't know. And, and, and you know what I'll do is, is, is I'll create room for the Lord. Yeah, Lord, there we go. Man, that's a good Sunday right there. I made some room for him. But the Lord don't want room. Do what we sing. I will make room for you. Beautiful song. I love it. Thank God for it. But that's not what God wants. I mean, you keep coming and keep, you know, get a little shout in. Come to the altar, pray a little bit. And by Tuesday of the next week, we just, we write back. Somebody says something we don't agree with, we write back. We see somebody from the past, we write back. We're struggling right back. And we here, here we come next Sunday. Next Sunday, preacher, preacher, good word, man. And, oh, he gets me. That got me today. I was crying. That got me today. Look, here we go. I, I mean, that was a real good sermon. I went, to, I, I went to youth camp, and I went to HYC, and I went to NAYC. I went to NAYC, y'all. Look, I went to camp. I went to Heights. I went to Heights, y'all. Look, and boy, look, look, look how good I'm doing now. Man, look how good I'm doing now. But you know what? I'm going to keep her number. I'm going to try not to talk to her, but I'm going to keep her number in the phone. But you, know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, but look how much room I made for the Lord. And all you want is a visitation. You don't want to wrestle. All you want is a dream on some rocks, but you don't want to wrestle. All you, listen, this right here, will cause you to go crazy. Let me tell you why it'll cause you to go crazy. Because when, when you get here, you feel like God should be doing something, but he don't. This right here will drive a saved person insane because you get just right there and you think, well, Lord, you should be, this should be, why is it so hard? Why is it so difficult? Why, why can't I break free? Lord, I, 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 I spoke in tongues. I, I've been praying all week. I've been fasting, Lord. Why, why won't you do something? But the Lord sees this and this as the exact same. The Lord said, I don't want space. I want everything. I don't want some room. I don't, I don't want you to create a spot for me. I don't work in spots. Here's where we lied to the church. We lied to the church when we told them you could do a little and God will do a lot. It's not in the Bible. The Lord said, draw nigh to me, and I'll draw nigh to you. It takes you moving to get me moving. Uh, give, and it shall be given. Press down, shaking together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. He wasn't talking about money. He was talking about grace. Give grace is what he's talking about. Go read your Bible. It ain't about money. It's about grace, giving grace to others. The Lord said, if you give it, I'll give it. But you ain't giving it, so you're not getting it. But the Lord said, if you'll go to that brook, you're 
and you'll send over the ugly one. And you'll send over the pretty one. And you'll send over all the kids. And you'll send over all the lambs. And you'll send over the servants. And you'll send it all. You'll empty yourself out. If you'll send over, just send it over. Get it, up, get it out of your way. Send it over here. Listen, after we wrestle, it's still going to be there. After we wrestle, it's, it's, you're not gonna, you ain't never going to get away from what happened to you when you was 13. If you're waiting for God to erase it, you, 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 it's never going to happen. You ain't never going to get over how they betrayed you two years ago, ever. You're always going to remember it. You're going to see their faces. You ain't ever going to get over Leah. You ain't ever going to get over the fact that you woke up on your, the next day after your wedding and that man had snuck another woman in your bed. You ain't ever going to get over that. That's always going to be on the other side of the river. But if we wrestle. <laughs> Listen. If you'll get empty. If you'll give it all to me. I, I, I don't want just a little. I don't want space. I want everything. Just empty out. This, it's, the, it's the emptying. It's the emptying. If you get empty. If you'll get empty, we'll wrestle. And when we wrestle. I will not change that, but I will change you. Some of us keep praying, God, change that. Change them. Change that situation. Change her. Change him. But we ain't ever praying, Lord, change me. Somebody got to hear this preacher today. When you empty out, God said, I'll wrestle with you. But you got to give it all to me. Every little drop. You got to send it all over the brook. You got to send everything over the river. If you send everything over the river, I will meet you and we will wrestle and you will change. That will never change. They always going to be the one you hated. Always going to be the one you love. They always going to be your kids. They always going to be your past. It's always going to be a part of your story. But that was Jacob's story. That isn't Israel's story. Israel's got a new story. Israel's got a new name. God didn't take it away from me, but he showed me. He showed me who I was. He fixed me. God touched me. God wounded me so that I could remember that we wrestled. I'm almost finished. It's why the prophet... It's why the prophet in, in 2 Kings chapter 4, why the prophet told the lady, he said, if you'll go to your neighbors and get empty vessels, you can pour out the oil. And as long as there's an empty vessel, the oil will continue. But when, when the vessels get full, no more oil. And as long as there was something empty, the, the Bible said the oil stayed. But when there was no more empty, the oil stopped. The oil stops when there's nothing empty to be poured into. That's why when they said in Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, men and brethren, what shall we do? He said, repent. Because repentance is the emptying. See, one thing that me and you left out of repentance is confession. The emptying of ourselves. The walking away from it. Y'all 
go that way. I'm going this way. Y'all go over there. I'm going over here. Listen, I know we ain't ran no aisles this morning. We ain't shouting. I'm telling you, God will not wrestle you and the stuff. He will only wrestle you. He will not wrestle you and your mama and your daddy. No. Me and you trying to always tag team match with God. God, here's my problems and stuff, but it is me. I'm like this because my dad. Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm so sorry for who I am. I'm so sorry for my attitude. But you know, God, I get that, I get that honest. My mama's your crazy. Lord, Lord, I'm sorry I come before you all broken, busted, and disgusted. But, but look, they, they, they hurt me, Lord. God, he's not going to wrestle you and the stuff. He's not here for all that. He wants you and you alone. That's why blaming has paralyzed most of us in this room. We blamed everybody. We ain't never, not, never, not, never once took, it was me. It was me. Because when, when you can say it's me, that's when the storm ceases. That's what Jonah did. They said, we're going to cast lots. They cast lots. The lot fell on Jonah. Jonah said, y'all, it's me. I'm the one. I'm, I'm a prophet. I'm running from God. It's me. They said, we're going to throw you overboard. He said, I, I, you know what? I deserve it because it's me. And as soon as that man hit the water, the Bible said the storm was calm. <laughs> because when you finally take the blame, God said, I'll meet you. When you're empty. And Jonah took it. Jonah said, Lord, it's me. I, I done messed up. I done ran from you. It's all me. They threw him overboard. And what did God do? God sent a whale, ate him up. Jacob was waiting to fight his brother. And he wound up fighting God. If you keep the stuff with you, you'll wind up fighting your brother. But if you empty it out, you'll, you'll fight God. And here's what happens. Here's what happens. And this is so true. As long as we keep a bunch of stuff around us and we blame it, we wind up fighting everybody around us. We fight our brothers more than we fight anybody. Because we're always looking for somebody to blame. We're always looking for somebody to kick. We're always looking for somebody to, 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 to put it on. Jacob would have kept the stuff with him. God would have never met him. But Esau would have. Esau would have got to him before God did. And Jacob would have wound up fighting his brother. But instead, God got to him first. Because the Bible says he was alone. When's the last time you were alone? It's possible to be alone today, in this altar today. It's possible to get completely alone. When you say, Lord, it's me, standing in the need of prayer. Not my mother, not my father. That's the song we used to sing. You remember that song? Brother Shorter, you remember that one? It's me, it's me, standing in the need of prayer. Not my mother, not my father. Not my sister, not my brother. Not my preacher, not my teacher. But it's me, me, I'm all by myself. 
I'm all by myself. It's, I'm, I'm empty. I've poured out myself. And the Lord said, if you'll get empty, I'll fight you. I'll wrestle with you. And the Bible says that Jacob held on. He held on. And finally the angel said, man, let me go. The day is breaking. Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. Notice, notice that Jacob did not say, I will not let you go until you save me. He said, I will not let you go until you bless me. Jacob knew who he was fighting. Listen, some of us, we are fighting right now and we don't know who we're fighting. We will not let go. We are caught up in an emotional, some physical battle and we are wrestling against everything, our past, our loved ones. We're wrestling against time. We're wrestling against all of these things and we don't know what we're wrestling and we refuse to let go how can you wrestle God if you're wrestling everybody else let go but when Jacob knew he was wrestling God he said I will not let you go until you touch me you gotta bless me you go until you bless me he said I'll bless you tell me your name I'm, I'm, I'm closing with this he said I'll bless you tell, tell me your name come on Jacob tell me who you really are tell me now listen, me and you both know that God ain't wrestling random people in the desert. God knew who he was wrestling. God knew where he was at. But he says, I'll bless you if you tell me who you are. If you tell me your name, I'll bless you. Because the last person that asked you your name, you lied and said it was Esau. So I'm just checking to see if you'll tell the truth this time and tell me who you really are. Come on, Jacob. Tell me your real name. Tell me the real you. Empty it out. Pour it out, Jacob. You see, I got rid of the two wives. I got rid of the two servants. I got rid of those 11 boys. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. And then I got rid of all them sheep, those thousands of sheep. I took from Laban. I got rid of all that. And all I had left was my name, my identity, my personality, my ideas, my idiosyncrasies, my will, my plan, my agenda. That's all I got left is just me. 
what I want to do. And the angel says, you're not really alone. You're not really empty. Tell me who you are. And when Jacob says, Jacob, it's more than a name. But he says, you know what? I'm a liar. That's what I am. I'm a liar. I'm a cheater. Man, I, I cheated my own dad. I cheated my own brother. I cheated my father-in-law. Listen, I'm such an awful person. I hate Leah. She's given me 11 children. And I hate her. She reminds me of being bamboozled. I'm a bamboozler. The worst thing you can do to a hustler is hustling. Because they don't mind doing it to other people, but they hate when it happens to them. I, I hate her. She's so ugly. I hate her. She reminds me of everybody I've hurt. When I look at her, it just reminds me of all my brokenness. I'm just Jacob. I'm a cheater. I cheated everybody. I'm mad at Rachel because she won't give me a child. And God, I'm mad at you because you opened up Leah's womb, but you closed what I loved. And I'm mad. And this is who I am. And there it is, God. There it is. You want to know? You want everything? There it is. There, there it is. There it is. That's everything. I'm just Jacob. That's it. There you go. But just here, just raw. Just me. And I'm mad at you. And I'm mad at dad. And I'm mad at mom. And I'm mad at Laban. And I'm mad at Rachel. I'm mad at Leah. I'm mad at myself. Because I'm the problem. I'm just mad. I'm broken. I'm wounded. I'm hurting. And I'm empty. I got nothing left. I'm just Jacob. And as Jacob bows his head in what he thought would be a moment of shame, he hears the voice of God say, No longer shall you be called Jacob. There it is. That's what I was waiting on. I was waiting on an empty vessel. I was waiting on an empty vessel because now I'm going to pour something into you now that it's empty no longer shall you be called but from now on they shall call you Israel for like a prince you're going to have favor with God you're going to have power with God you're going to have power with man you're going to be my child you're going to be my son I'm pouring into you now yeah here you go when you finally got empty I gave you something you can be proud of now you shall be called Jacob no longer but from now on, you're Israel. I give you a new name. Remain standing. I give you a new identity. You're new now. Nah, we don't need Jacob no more. Let's take Jacob over here. Let's throw Jacob away. Let's just remove him. I'm not that person no more. Hey, man, you want to come hang out? Nah, bro. I'm not that person no more. Hey, what's up? You want to slide in? No. I'm not that person no more. 
Hey, it's Tuesday, it's Wednesday. I'm still feeling pretty good. Normally, I'm back down in the mully grubs by now. Normally, I'm back to the same person. God says, no, no, no. When you wrestle with me, when you wrestle, if you just want to come get a little patty cake, that's fine. I'll do that. I'll give you the dreams. I'll give you the call. I'll do those things. But if you really want to change and you wrestle with me, I'll give you something that won't die out by midweek. I'll give you something. I'll give you something that'll tell that, that, that'll make you say no to things you used to say yes to. I'll give you stuff that'll say, hey, I, I'm changing my entire direction. I'm, I, I'm changing my whole place. I was going to college here, now I'm going to college there. I was going to do this over here. I'm doing, I was going to follow this dream. No, no, no. But now I know the Lord wants me to do this because I'm following after him. Because no longer am I Jacob, but I'm Israel. Israel doesn't mean prince. That's what we're told, that Israel means prince. That's not what it means. Israel, he said, for like a prince, you shall have power with God. Israel doesn't mean. Israel is a three-part word. Is, ra, el. And it means governed by God. It means my government is God. My leader is God. I used to lead myself into all kinds of tomfoolery. But now I'm Israel. And I'm led by him. And I'm just Israel. Will I make mistakes? Absolutely. But I'm Israel. Will I fall? Absolutely, I'm Israel. Let me tell you what Jacob did. Jacob hated Leah. But let me tell you what Israel did. When he was dying. When he was going to meet his maker and his eyes were growing dim, he brought his sons close to him. And he said, hey, when I die, bury my bones with Leah. Jacob hated her, but Israel loved her. Israel saw that Reuben, Levi, Judah came out of what he hated. He could see the value in what he used to hate. I used to hate what happened to me as a child. Until less than 10 years ago, I hated what happened to me as a child. But when I finally wrestled with God, when I finally wrestled with him, and I, I allowed myself to forgive someone I hated. And I wrestled with God. God touched me. And I can see now that it was that that made me this. Without that, I'm not this. Without that pain, I can't walk like this. Without that wound, I can't even preach like this. Without that devil, I'd never be on this level. I see now. I see now that Leah, when you bury me, bury me with Leah. Because she gave me more than anything else ever gave me. That's what Israel says. That's what Israel does. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I've preached too long. I apologize. I wonder today. If you're not serious, don't play with God. He, God already told me he's not here to play today. 
if, if you're not serious, don't play with God. But if there's somebody in this room today who really wants to empty themselves out, I'm talking, you send it over the river. You send that stuff over the river. We could talk about it all day, but we're going to send that stuff over the river. We're not, we, we, we're not bringing that to this fight. We're sending that over the river. What they did, over the river. What she did, over the river. What, how this happened, over the river. We're sending it over the river, y'all. It's gone. We're going to send it over. It's going to be there when I get back. It ain't ever going to leave me. It's a part of my story. But for right now, I'm sending that junk over the river. And I'm just going to be alone with God. And I'm going to tell God the real deal. I'm not going to give him space in my life. I'm going to give him all of my life. I'm not going to give him a room in my house. I'm going to give him the key to my house. I'm not going to give him a spot in my life. I'm going to give him my life. And I'm going to tell him to take up every spot that he wants to take up. You sit in any chair you want to sit in. You do whatever you want to do, God, I give you everything. You, you, you can do whatever you want to do, I just give you everything. I don't, even, I, don't even know, I don't even know how to begin a prayer like this. But I wonder today if someone would come. And you would just pour yourself out. Stop blaming everybody else. Stop talking about everybody else. Man, forget everybody else. This is you. This is you. This is, this is just Jacob. If you'll tell God, if you'll, tell, if you'll wrestle with him, it may not even end at this altar call. God's going to do some stuff that's not going to end at this altar call. You hear me, church? God's going to do some stuff in some people today. It's not going to end at this altar call. He's going to work on you tomorrow. He's gonna, you're going to wrestle with God. God's not going to let you go from this. God's going to keep you up tonight. Tonight, God's going to keep some of y'all up. He ain't even going to let you sleep. You're going to wrestle with God over this. But if you wrestle with him, if you wrestle with him, if you will wrestle with him, he will change you. Hear this preacher today. I'm not playing. Hear this preacher today. Hear this preacher. If you've ever heard a preacher, you hear this preacher today. God is reaching for somebody and he's saying, wrestle with me. Fight with me. Put all that stuff aside. Put all that stuff aside and find me in the desert. Find me in the wilderness. Send it all over that brook. Send it over. Send it over. Send him over. Send her over. Send it all over. Empty it out. Pour it out. We want to thank you again for joining us on the Truth Chapel podcast. May you have a blessed day and walk in the favor of the Lord.